Comics Monthly Monday, number 14. Boy, I hope I never grow up. Grown-ups are so uncool. Hey, I'll go read my comic books. Still reading those stupid comic books? What the heck's wrong with you anyway? How old are you? I'm 35 and a half. Well, that's almost an adult. Comics are too immature for a guy your age. Dude, comics are hip. Am I, like, related to a bunch of squares or what? You geezers just don't, you know, understand the new, like, generation. New generation? My glutes. I've been around, you know. I've done a hustle or two. Uh-huh. Whatever, loser. I'm gonna cut out of here before your lameness rubs off on me. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. I'm Batman. This looks like a job for Superman. Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Good evening. How's that? No. <laughs> Whatever, man. We're back. It's Two True Freaks. It's Comics Monthly Monday 14. What kind of greeting is that? that I tried to like do a it. Halloween greeting. Something different. I don't know. It's a, it's a fucking Halloween Christmas greeting. Good evening, boys and girls. Merry Christmas. I do not drink wine. <laughs> it sounds, sounds like Transylvanian Santa Claus or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck the milk and cookies. I want to drink your blood. <laughs> Leave a bowl of blood. <laughs> I'll that's, lap it that's up. That's disturbing. Oh, my God. Hey, how do I sound tonight? You know, better. Better get a bucket I'm going to throw up. <laughs> No, you're missing. You're missing that that Scott Gar. They they call it the Scott Gardner clunk. There's other podcasters spending thousands of dollars in the studio trying to recreate that to to sound like you. That was like your that that yeah. That was like your signature thing. The, the signature. Yeah. Now we'll probably get all kinds of complaints that we've we've changed the show format again. Yeah. And, and people like the the classic sound of the show better, and what have we done to the show now, and all that? But hey, I got a new uh, I got a new headset today, and uh, this is although this probably won't end up being the first time that the the listeners are hearing it because you know there's there's other shows that are probably going to wind up airing first. This is actually the first recording using the new headset. Yeah. 
I'm excited. It's more. It's more comfortable. It's it's snazzier and and uh, hopefully it's gonna just plain sound better. Cause oh, man, that, 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 that clunky uh, shit is just getting on my nerves. On oh, I hear it and I just cringe. Well, you were having to tape the tape your cord to your body and clip fit things up and <laughs> and yeah, it was getting. It sounded like it was going to be a pain. But now, basically, you and I have the same headset, so maybe the quality of our voice will be exactly the same now. So somehow we'll sound like we're even more in the same room instead of separated by many states and temperature. <laughs> it's it's probably about uh, 20 degrees here right now. A white coating God over damn. everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was Arr. like blizzard-like conditions yesterday. I waited for my bus was 45 minutes late. That sort of thing. <sighs> the bus was doing fine. It was all the other track. Everybody here is. Stu- I, you you remember being the, well, not as much like where we're from, but here in Rochester, mm-hmm. once a year when it turns winter, everybody forgets what it's like in winter. So that it's like right. it's the first time they've driven. They just freak out. Oh my God! It's snowing. Right, and it might be right. snowing. It's snowing, yes. Hey, it wasn't snowing before, and now it's snowing again. But you know what? The roads aren't that bad. We get plows out real fast here, and they throw shitloads of salt down. So the road isn't like slippery conditions, but everybody, you know, there's a happy medium. I'm not saying don't slow down, but when you slow down to a crawl, and it's really, it's just, it's kind of like being over dramatic, you know? They just they, right. It's 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 very strange, and it always happens the first two or three times that it snows, and then everybody gets overconfident and they just start driving as if they normally would, and then they start right. going too fast on it, and it's just it's ridiculous. They don't remember in the North Country, you can't you don't survive like that. So every you know everybody's prepared for the winter, you know, and it's a, it's a whole different thing when you get even further north, but. You're saying what? It's like 40 degrees down there. You're freezing, yeah. <laughs> bastard. Yeah, uh, when you know, when you get used to it here, you know, when you get used to it being warm oh, yeah. all the time. When it gets even down into the 50s and the 40s, you know, it's it feels like you're freezing to death. Sure. That's why I, I I literally could never live up there again. Because that that short time I was, what was I up there? Like a week or so, five day, five days or a You'd week or something. To it. Back. You're a human. Humans adapt. No, no, I, I, I would not. I really wouldn't because, you know. Well, I worked in the cold at the last job I was at. You know what the you know, problem was, was, was? You weren't equipped sad. for it. When you live up here, you're equipped. I, I had to walk home from work at 2 in the morning last night. Wind whipping. And I had good insulated pants and a nice mm-hmm. winter jacket and a hood and a thing to go over my face, and I walked home, and nice gloves. I was snug as a bug in a rug all the way home. The wind's whipping around me. It's great. It's like being in a, it's like being in a documentary about crossing the tundra, you know. Except at the same right. time, I'm not freezing my ass off. It's just, you know, you're walking down the street. But you're it, almost like an observer. It's great. It's not just the cold. I mean, the cold was a big deal because you know I, I was up there. When was that? February. Yeah. When my when my grandmother passed away, I went up, you know, to, to for the funeral and all that, and to visit and everything. But it's not just the cold. But yes, I froze my nuts off the whole time I was there. There's that, and I could not get warm. 
for like a fucking week after I got back to Georgia. I mean, I was just, I felt like I was froze <laughs> to the fucking to the bone. bone marrow, you know? <laughs> but it wasn't just that. It's the, it's the psychological effect. That's the of big the, thing. Yeah, no sunshine. Yeah, it's it's just goddamn miserable up there. And now I'm beginning to understand a lot more about my background and, and upbringing and genetics and everything is that while I do believe that the Gardner clan is predisposed to be a bunch of miserable motherfuckers, genetically speaking, right. I think it's just magnified by the fact of... You know, they live in one of the most fucking bleak and dreary <laughs> goddamn places on the planet, you yeah. know? And so it doesn't help, yeah, you know? It, it, well, it, basically, it, let's, it just, let us let me put it this way for our listeners. It, when Scott and I were growing up, the big deal of... Right now, the big deal of the military base up there is, is obviously Iraq and Afghanistan. But when we were growing up, the big deal was it was during the Cold War and... The troops used to go, like, from all over the world would come to Fort Drum up there in the winter because they could train if they had to fight in Siberia. Right. <laughs> the, the situations right. were very similar to Siberia. So that's what you're sort of looking at. And, and Rochester is a lot less so. It's definitely, you know, when people whine here, I have that annoying thing where I go, oh, you're whining about winter. Oh, this is nothing. Go three hours that way, you know? And you tell right. me what, how, how you feel about winter then, you fucking pussy. And, uh... Right. But it's all... It makes you... It sure makes you enjoy the summer all the more. And I really appreciated my time down in Georgia because it was like a reprieve from, you know, when it was starting to get cold here, getting... You know, summer was going away, but when I went there, it was like back into full-fledged nice hot summer days so yeah i like i like the seasons we, i don't we I get don't so many that. nice hot summer days here that you actually have them to squander which yeah. is something you don't get in new york right you, you know if you get a nice hot bright sunny oh, day yeah. you better get your ass outside because it might be 10 years before you get yeah. another one you know so. yeah yeah well, i just plan my life so i can get my winter dip business done my stuff that i have to get done in the house do it more in the winter and in the summer I'm outside you know I do garage sailing and working outside so it's works out nice but anyway comic books yeah you've been working on a on an online thing yeah that well, you've been I was doing. What, for, what was that all about I was looking for a program maybe to you know to put all my comics into because I have all my long boxes of comics and I don't have I have them Organized, whereas I'll have all my Walking Deads together and all my like Peter Bag comics together and all my Rick Vage comics in one place and in order, but they're not in alphabetical order or anything like that. So I have real no real filing system. It's all like how they work out to fit in the long boxes because I really need to get another long box or two because um, I can't do that. I can't just put them in alphabetical order. So. I wanted something, especially since now I'm doing the podcast and I find myself having to figure out, like, oh, do I have this issue to read for the podcast? It would be nice to have them in all one thing. So I was looking for a program to do that. For And I'm on a Mac, so it's like, okay, maybe there won't be as many for the Mac. But there were a few. And they were all, 
fairly expensive. And then and I was reading forum posts, and everybody was talking about comicbookdatabase.com, comicbookdb.com, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was free. And I said, oh, I'll go check that out. And I liked it because it was something I didn't have to download on my computer. I don't, you know, I just want someplace where I can look at all my comics in front of me and see what I have. So I, I was checking this out, and their stated goal is to get the world's largest database of comic books and cross-reference them, you know, as in, you know, you put in all the information about the comics and then you can search by, you know, by author, by editor, by year, whatever. If you have data about a comic, you can put it all in and and if, they, if there's enough comics, you know, and you're lucky, it'll pop up. And you can say, oh, that was, it was that comic, you know, the one where Spider-Man and... And the Hulk met, you know, you can put Spider-Man and the Hulk in and see all the comics that people have put in. And it's got quite a large amount of comics in it. People have been using it. And uh, I got about 90, 85 to 90 percent of my collection in there was already in there. So all I had to do is find it, check it off. And I didn't put in anything, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I don't grade my comics and stuff. And. I'm really not looking to sell them or anything, so I don't see where it's an issue as to what condition they're in, and I didn't want to take the time to do it. So all my comics say near mint, which is not true at all. But, uh, yeah, if you go there, if you're on Comic Book Database, I don't know if you can I don't know if you can just do it without signing up for it, but it's just, you know, giving them your email and a username and a password sort of thing. And uh, But you can go and look at my comic collection. I made it public. So you can go in my username's Pure Evil Fenord, P U R E, E V I L F N O R D, all one word, Pure Evil Fenord, and you can see all my comics. Well, you can see ninety percent of my comics. I got a big <clears throat> stack of them sitting right to the right of me right now, of all the stuff that wasn't in the com. You know, somebody else hasn't put in the comic book database. So I have to scan them or find a picture of them online and, and you know, because I want to put them in with a picture. I think that's the coolest thing is where you see the cover of it. And, right, uh, yeah. And I like, and I've already found, like, a lot of these on, like, the pic, because I haven't been able to figure out how to make a picture that's small enough for them to accept it. But I found, I go and find them on Google and then I use the um, thumbnail from Google, which is really tiny for the ones I can find the cover There's online. a good site. That's that's totally free. If you do a Google search for it's R E R E S I Z R resizer, but with a with a with a Z R oh, instead and of Z. It'll just shrink stuff down to whatever and size. Yeah, you, you can want. change size. You, you you submit the photograph. You don't need to sign up or anything. You just go in, you, yeah. you link the photograph to where it is on your hard drive, it brings up an image, and then you tell it what dimensions you need. Man, you can make avatars and all kinds of shit Excellent. with it. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. And it's totally for free. I want so, to get all yeah, my that... comics in there, and you know, and I have some ones that I really knew that weren't going to be on there. Let me just read off a few. I'll just pick up a little stack of them here and tell you some of the comics that I have to uh, put in. Fun ways to kill your children. Number one by Stephen Vincent. and this guy is sort of a friend I made through Pisspot the Rabbit, who princes out. He's a uh, He's founded Angry Drunk Graphics. 
and there's another comic of his called The Snow Prince, and he sent these both to me, and they're not in the comic book database, but surprisingly, one of his other ones was. So I've got one of his comics in my collection there. So yeah, go. people should go look at my collection. Anyway, I got Call of the Wild, 3D Classic Comics number three. It's a <laughs> Wendy's Kids Meal giveaway. Ah, 3D adaption go. of Call of the Wild, and it's a small size sort of comic. The Godfathers... Um, part three, it's a Christian Spire the Crusaders comic about the evils of the Crusades. and uh, Written by Mario Puzo? Yeah, I think I think they actually bitch about the Nazis and the Jews in this one. It's one of those Jack Chick, really super hateful Christian comics. Um, <laughs> Illusiones. Super, super hateful. They are. They're so full of hate. He but hates everybody. Be, uh, its own genre. title. Right now, that should actually be a. I could do a show. I could do a show. I could do a show on that, like a single, like a two-hour show on that. I have quite a collection. I love of those. that title, Super Hateful Christian Comics. That sounds. That actually sounds like that sounds a like an imprint. No, band. that sounds like a comic yeah, imprint. It It'll be it the does. next Marvel. I've got. That Illusion. should be the next event for DC after <laughs> Blackest Night. Super Hateful Christian. Yeah, comics. that wouldn't be too controversial. I've got, <laughs> I've got two Spanish, like romance comics, in Spanish. Illusiones and Ambiciones. And Illusiones has a cover. They're these little tiny size, like smaller than a digest size comics, and they're they're big in you know Mexico. They're Spanish soap opera comics, basically, with great art. But they have weird cover art. Like this one has this woman out in the field. With a whip, she's obviously like a pre-Civil War era slave owner woman, and there's a guy toiling in the field with an axe, but he's a white guy, and but he has a woman's head on his buff body. It's very strange. There's like another one on the back. It's a swashbuckler, but it looks like a woman with like a mustache penciled over. So everybody's weird and androgynous in these weird Spanish comics. I picked those up in San Francisco for like five cents a piece out of a box. Time Twisted Tales, like this weird time travel comic. Hanna-Barbera Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> number whatever, it doesn't say. Number seven. Archie Series Laugh Comics. Scooby-Doo, only one dollar. This is like from the last couple of years. I don't know why I have that. Ralph Snart Adventures in black and white. Oh, I like Ralph Snart. Yeah, I just got a huge, big, like 800-page Ralph Snart compilation that's riotous. He's starting to make new... He's putting out new Ralph Snarts every once in a while now, so keep your eyes open. They're great. They're right, you know, right where he left off. A couple, a bunch of Too Much Coffee Mans, which I was surprised that they weren't on there because he was fairly popular, but... I actually didn't like too much Coffee Man, and I ended up with a, quite a few issues of it, which I don't understand. And the Spirit <laughs> Special Number One, which I was surprised wasn't up there, which came out at the time of the fucking abortion of a Frank Miller movie, and it had some <laughs> old Will I. It had like three old Will Eisner stories, and I bought that at that time because I was so pissed off about the Frank Miller movie that I said, "I will buy this because it has the Will Eisner art in it." So just to to put my money towards that rather than the adaptation of the movie or some bullshit like that. And, you know, because I'll read a Will Eisner 
spirit story any Will Eisner. I'll read it any day, any time. I hear time. that the latest stuff that, uh, that DC's been putting out, it's, uh, you know, of course, Eisner's dead, but there's, yeah. they were doing something that, that Darwin Cook was connected to. And, you know, I, like I've said before, I'm not the biggest Darwin Cook fan, but, you know, the hardcore, you know, spirit purist people have been saying some good shit about that spirit book. So that's something you might uh, actually want to check in. check that out. But I mean, yeah. I just so love that's Walt Hadley for you started me out. It was like, here you should, he saw what I was picking out of his collection and put the spirit in my hands and that he put the spirit in 1984 comics, which were perverse science fiction stories. And both of them were right. I mean, he, he he nailed me right on the head with both of those. You know, the spirit I admired for the pure, beautiful, just awesome artwork. Because I was a big Frank Miller fan, and then I saw the spirit, and I said, "Oh, so there was somebody sort of ahead of that, way ahead of that Frank Miller." You know, he was way ahead of that curve, but you could tell Frank Miller like sort of picked up from him and uh, Manga. But the realistic manga, like the lone wolf and cub, sort of manga, and right. uh, and and combine them into into his style. But it was really neat to see something from the you know the forties that was so advanced in content. You know, it had every it had adult humor, it had sketchy violence and sketchy, lots of sketchiness. But it was very you know very well written and illustrated and was just a joy and the 1994s I loved because they had all they were anthology comics and they had great art but they had a lot of smut to them too which was awesome at that age <laughs> and a lot of really like pushing the limits stories which I was I'm you know me I'm always a fan of that so thank god for Walt Hadley yeah I miss him. I Hats really do. Hats off to Walt Hadley. Um, well, I've got. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Got some Did stuff. you have more? No, that's about it. Oh, just, I'm just I encourage gotta... people to go to the comic comicbookdb.com and and I check like it out. Put up your really comics because then we could check out each other's collections. I'd love to see what other you know other people's collections. I I can't wait for people to see my collection because they're going to go. What the hell? You know, half the stuff maybe you haven't heard of, and and maybe if you have heard of a lot of the stuff. We should talk. <laughs> I'd like to go up there and 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 see, you know, find some of the wackier, really off the beaten path stuff that I have. Not that I have a whole lot of that kind of stuff, but the ones that I do, and see, you know, what they have and what they don't, and help them out by submitting, you know, the the stuff that they may not have, but. Oh my god, I could just get so lost in a site like that. And if there's one thing I don't need is is more fucking shit to take up my time. You know, I'm already struggling to keep up with, you know, our four shows and all well, the reading yeah. material that I've got going on with that. And, another oh, good it's, thing. It's another crazy. good thing about that is you can put a wish list up on it, and you can see other people's wish lists. And and I think it will tell people if something that you have that you want to get rid of is on someone else's wish list. So that can be That's handy cool. too. You, yeah. You, yeah. That you is don't cool. do any transactions through the site, but you know, it hooks the two people up and then they can figure out what they want to do after that. Now, do they have any sort of like, 
like checks and balances to be to make sure that they don't become like the fucking Wikipedia can, of comic books, you know? You can edit something. Right. But I'm not I'm not exactly sure on how they how they measure the accuracy of it, you know, because yeah. there's, you know, tens and tens of thousands of comics on there. Cuz so, that's that's the only thing that would that would thousands. bug me or, or worry me is that, you know, you'd get too many hands in the pot and then you get people that are going in there and you know because I'm, I'm a stickler one of the things that drives me crazy and I learned that this was a big problem when I started downloading a lot of CBR files you know a lot of digital comics is that there's a lot of comics that people are totally misnaming because they're going by what the cover says or what they right. think the title of the book is or something, and they're not looking at the indicia. I I'm didn't, a strictly I didn't, by the indicia no, kind I was, of guy. I, I, was, I was finding out uh, – actually, this the um, comic book database was correcting me on a lot of things, like on the actual name of name of the comic and stuff. You know, when I oh, would find cool. it, I would find – so it seems pretty accurate at that. What, what seems to be underdeveloped here – is people you can put comments about a comic on it you can rate a comic very few people seem most comics don't seem to have any comments or ratings and most of them don't seem to have like a like there's two sort of tiers to it you'll have like the first tier that you get to is the name of the series and it tells you how many comics there are and then you can go to each comic and look that's in the database so you know it's like superman and then it's the year that that run of Superman started and you see all the numbers of that that are in there and which and so you can see which ones are missing and uh, a lot of times nobody will put like you know this is an anthology comic you know and I, I mean you could go into detail where you could break it down each story and say who all the authors are if you wanted to take the time to do that and it doesn't seem like most people do and I can understand that because I've got like just under 1300 comics in there and it took me a long time to put them in there and I know my collection is paltry compared to a lot of people a lot of the other people out there so I could see right. not wanting to write down a, a synopsis of every comic you put in but that you know but also I, I've spent a couple um, you know a couple three or four or five hours just sort of pop, just sort of flipping through and looking on some of the comics in my collection and seeing what information was missing on them and filling it in, you know, just to be help, just to put that much more information into the database. Cause right. that's how something like that grows and becomes stronger. And the bigger it becomes, the more useful it becomes and the more people use it and the more it starts correcting itself and the more it's, you know, you know, the more powerful and useful it becomes. So, the more right. you put into it, so I'm encouraging other people to go do that. There's not, it's, it's free. They're not like trying to sell you anything. I don't get any. I haven't gotten any. I'm on a Mac, so it might be different. But I haven't gotten any pop-ups off it or anything. So it's. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about their site is I actually use that site a lot to look things up, like especially covers, because a lot of covers seem like it, they they don't have credits. Yet you go to their site, and if you can find the book, that usually has the, you know, it'll give the credits on who worked on it. Right. And that's my only complaint with that site is when I click into the search box, 
you get before a, you it will get let a, me type anything in. It always comes up with something for like fucking screensavers or something. It's not bad. I mean, it's not like porn, and it's, there's no viruses or anything. But it's just I it's annoying. Hate I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Yeah, it's it's somebody just ramming something in your face when you don't. You know, it's too intrusive. Yeah. And that's but I can you know I can live with it because the the site is really you know very helpful very awesome it's definitely growing and uh, and I've been it's, pretty impressed it hasn't with been happening you know, the to stuff me, there so, it hasn't been happening with me so maybe it's something they might have uh, they might have done away with due to people's complaints or something I don't know but who knows but uh, we'll, we'll find out if people go there but I I advise it go check it out go check out pure evil Fenord. Check out. I've go, got go through my comics. A, I've got a ton of stuff, and it's all over the board here. Some, all right. Some happy stuff, some some negative stuff, just all over the place. I'm gonna start with a rant, just to get it the hell out of my system. I've got a classic, good old fashioned Scott's just work the fuck up rant. Uh-huh. You know, people seem to love these things. And, uh, and I, I know that some people have come to miss them. So Aww. here's a classic. Now, you can hear me probably rattling this bag in the background. What I have here is a giant bag full of video games. My my kids Ooh. went through their collection today because, uh, you know, I told them, I said, all right, you know, you guys are getting a little heavy on the video games. I happen to know that Santa is bringing them a whole shitload of new games for Christmas this year. And there's a video game out that's out right now that, that dad wants to buy, you know? So I'm like, all right, rather than shell out more fucking money for video games, let's clear out some of the back stock. Let's make, make a little room. money. Yeah. Yeah. So we can make room and we can have a little money to buy some new games and all this. So they go through and they, they've got a stack here of quite a few games. So let me see. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then there were three more. So that's 12 games, 12 video games from, you know, we got GameCube, we got PlayStation, we got Xbox, all across the board. So I take them into the local GameStop and uh, they go through, they scan all the games, they check the disc, they do the whole nine yards. Now, my, me and my kids... We're really, really good about the condition of the games. The game, you know, we keep the discs in in good shape. I'm really religious about, you know, if the kids leave the discs laying out, I bitch them out about it. I'm I like, see put where the this damn is going. game back in the thing, right? I make sure that we have the instructions. So all of these games have the original case, the original instructions, and the discs are in really good shape. So they go through, they scan this whole stack, and I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but I was expecting a hell of a lot more than, well, we can give you $19. $19 for 12 fucking games. Are you kidding me? I was pissed. eBay. Now, you know you know me, and you know I worked a lot of retail, and you know I'm very sensitive to the person on the other side of the that counter. That place, they want to buy a very, they want to buy as right. low I as very possible. Rarely give, I, I understand that. And I very rarely give shit to the person behind the counter because I realize that they're just the fucking, you know, the register monkey. They're not the person setting the fucking policies. But I'm sorry. I went off on this person tonight. It fucking pissed me right off because GameStop's prices on their used games are re- 
just completely goddamn ridiculous. You know, for used shit, their prices are still really, really fucking high. So it pisses me off to go in there and you'll pay 20 bucks for a fucking used game. You know, my kids can play it in a day. You take it back in there and these cocksuckers don't want to give you more than like a dollar or, or sometimes they've even quoted me like a quarter on a game. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I just bought this fucking thing for 20 bucks, and you're telling me it's not worth more than a fucking quarter bringing it back in here? What what the hell kind of shit is that? I realize that there's overhead and markup and all that bullshit, but, you know, there's there's a difference between trying to make a profit and just fucking raping your customers. I say put them up as a it's, lot on eBay. Yeah, I, I'm going to. that, But, I mean, just to give you an idea, um, there was uh, hobby raping. You know, there's, there's, there was the two um, Kingdom Hearts games for PlayStation, the Sims for PlayStation 2, Star Wars The Clone Wars for um, GameCube, Super Mario Sunshine for GameCube, Pitfall The Lost Expedition, Star Wars, uh, Lego Star Wars, and Lego Star Wars 2 for GameCube. So they were all pretty uh, big ticket items at one point. Yeah. Guitar Hero 3, Spider-Man 2, Luigi's Mansion. So look, I, I fully realize that these are not the latest, greatest, cutting-edge video games that are out there. But Jesus Christ, man, $19. I mean, it's no, just... No, but those are solid li- games. And like the Luigi... Yeah. All, all those games stand the test of time. And as a experienced video game eBay seller, I will tell you, Mario games, Pokemon games, all those sort of classic games... No matter what mm-hmm. platform they're for, somebody there's always a solid market for them. If they're those, right. especially like the Mario game, the ones that are high quality, the Lego games that that are high, high quality, really good, fun to play. They always have a market for them, no matter how old they get. Sometimes, like the Pokemon games, they get you know actually collectible and go way up in price. But I would say if you put all those up on eBay. Especially at this time of year, especially if you did mm-hmm. it like tomorrow, yesterday, um, right? And he uh, wouldn't even. You could, you know, it depends on how brave you feel, you know. But I mean, you could even. I mean, that's almost one that you could almost start at a penny, <laughs> right? You know, and you know it's yeah. you know it's going to get at least you 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 might get twenty dollars might be the low end of what you would get, but at least you would get. At least you would get the satisfaction of knowing it's going into the people who are going to play its hand rather than going to GameStop and being priced up and sitting on the shelf, you know. Right. But you could probably get a lot more. I don't know. I've had good luck with just, like, throwing huge batches of varied platform games together and and putting them up. Especially, and, like, mine have never... Are not you are usually in varied condition, you know. Right. A lot of times, I'll say, I don't have a <laughs> Sega Genesis, so I can't tell you if these work or not. Which is the god's honest right. truth, and it doesn't seem to matter. So fuck GameStop, man. Well, plus it, it irritates the shit out of me that there's no, they don't make any sort of distinction between the guy like me who keeps his shit in mint condition with all the original paperwork and fucking case and everything and the fucking 
idiot that walks in there with a disc that looks like it, you know, got dragged there yeah. with no fucking case, and no like paperwork. A They're gonna Aguilera give Aguilera CD case or something, you know, with no no paperwork with it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but you're not dealing with you're dealing with our modern society, and you're de- and and of course at GameStop, it's usually some teenager. You know, they don't give a fuck. They just don't give a right. fuck, man. Exactly. When I, you know. You're a teenager, you know. You don't, you don't care. All those games are lame anyway. They're the teenager working at GameStop. They're past all that shit, so they're just like, whatever. Right. Right. Star Wars Lego, yeah, awesome, dude. It's okay if you like that sort of shit, I guess. Well, update to last episode. You remember we had uh, we had Michael Bailey on, right. and we got to talking about you know the latest comics we were getting. We we got into a discussion about you know what we were buying and all that. Well, just an update to that. Um, I was placing my latest uh, comic order here recently. I can't believe my my current state of of purchasing. I canceled. Justice Society of America. I finally decided enough was enough. It's been boring for how many issues now? It's been and coming I just, for I can't, a while. Yeah, I can't afford boring anymore. I dropped just uh, Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, which is probably going to shock a lot of people. They're like, oh, how, how could you drop that? It's awesome. And, you know, it's right in the middle of Blackest Night. Well, not only did I find that all of a sudden, I honestly don't really give two shits about Blackest Night. I'm sorry. It's it's not like it's bad or anything. It's just all of a sudden I realize I just really don't care about it. I'm really not that into it. But also, it's not that I don't like the Green Lantern books. It's just I suddenly found that, like, the last, I'm, I'm thinking like five or six issues are just sitting on my nightstand unread. And I promised myself when I got back into the, the mail order thing and ordering the comics and, and all that, that if books started to stack up, I was going to drop them. Because if they're stacking up, that means they're not that big a priority. I, I'm not that into them if I'm letting them pile up. And I just haven't been reading them. So I, I had to cut it loose. So anyway, I'm, I'm placing that latest order. I went through their entire site. I looked at everything. I looked at comics and books and magazines and T-shirts and action figures and the whole nine yards. I get to the end of the order. I've got four comics. That's it. One of them's not even for me. One of them was a, was a title for the kids. I'm actually worried. I, well, not worried, but I'm actually... I don't know what the what the I guess just kind of shocked with myself. It's like, damn, this is this is the lowest ebb I have ever had for brand new comics. And I mean, I'm talking, I've been collecting since what the early '80s. I went through the the whole '90s shit, you know, when when the bottom fell out of the market and most other people bailed right. out. I stuck with comics. I've been I've been going through this whole thing. This is the lowest ebb I've ever had. And it suddenly occurred to me that there's not that well, much you know, interesting one, going on. There's to tell not the truth. that much. There's not. There's really not. But one of the things that was kind of cool is I decided, well, you know, I've been wanting to, to get into these Star Wars comics for the longest time. You know, all the Dark Horse stuff that's out there. Maybe I'll give the trades a try. So I thought, all right, you know, I'm not much of a trade guy. I'm actually very prejudiced against trades. But tracking down the originals is very expensive and really a bitch. And so I thought, all right, well, I'm going to give the trades a try. So I think, you know, since I've got a little bit of 
you know, wiggle room in my comic budget, I thought, all right, well, I'll fill that void with some Star Wars trades and see how that goes. And while I'm really excited about that, I also got to thinking, though, that, you know, I, I, I'm, I think it's time for some, some tough decisions here. And it really came down to the fact of I'm really only getting a couple titles I honestly care about at this point. But I think what, what's what's going to happen with me, unless something really happens soon with comics, you know, with, where maybe some really exciting new titles come along, or they get smart and they decide to fucking drop the price back down to an abs, you know, a, a, a level that people can actually afford, or just something happens to revitalize the industry. I think It'll if happen. something happens to Jonah Hex, the, the title Jonah Hex, if something happens to that title, I think that might be it. I think I might be out of new books. And I never, ever, ever thought that that would happen. You'll never drop the but you know, dead, baby. I, You know, I might. I, I might, because here's the thing, and this... God, Why would you deny yourself? Why would you deny yourself? No, 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 don't. Not, let, me, let me finish. You might go to trades? The, the thing... No, no, no. Here's the thing, and like I say, this, this is—I know this is a dangerous thing to say, but I, I just got to be honest. Dangerous. I, I buy The Walking Dead out of obligation. I feel like it's awesome, and I feel like I need to support that book. However, every issue I get, I've already read it because I can't wait for the next one to come out, and because I'm ordering through the, them through the mail service, they. By the time it actually arrives in my hand, it just goes. It's in the been stack. out for a while, yeah. so it's been on the internet. So I've already read it through CBRs. So I'm really buying it out of a sense of obligation. I want to help the title out, and I want to support you know the book and all that sort of thing. Which, yeah, that's great, but I can't escape the fact of ultimately I'm buying something I've already read. That I'm probably only going to ever read the one time and throw it in the in the box anyway. I can't let that hold me back if oh, no. I finally we'll decide. Back. We'll be back you know. to it with Comics Monthly Monday. Well, yeah, but I mean, still, yeah. I see what, what you're saying. I what see I'm, what you're saying. What I'm, getting, what I'm getting at, though, is that more and more, especially with the shows that we're doing, and and I'm, I'm really becoming more and more focused on back issues and it's just becoming, becoming more and more, more like where my me. passion lies I, I, I think I'd rather take that 30 or 40 dollars a month that I'm spending now on new books that I'm just not enjoying that much anymore except for Jonah Hex and The Walking Dead and Secret Six and in, instead of trying to do, find places to plug holes in that comic budget to keep that order coming in every month, I think I'd rather take that money and just start doing more buying stuff on eBay, going to the flea markets and garage sales and just getting stuff and, and going to conventions and getting it that way. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, you're becoming more like me. I mean, I used to literally work right down the hall from a comic shop and I would go in right. And going through my comic collection, I sort of took a little trip down memory lane of my habits of comic collecting. And I would go in there every week on New Comic Day, and I would just pick through. 
and I would buy all sorts of stuff at one point. You know, when I had money to burn, I would buy all sorts of stuff, and you could see me buy all sorts of stuff, drop some stuff, and pick up some stuff for two or three issues, and then drop it. And then other stuff that I stuck with, and artists and, and authors that I would start seeking out after that. Until, like, today, I'm so picky that really, like, there's some solid comics out there, like um, the Star Wars and the Clone Wars comics that are solid, really good comics, but they're not groundbreaking. You know, they're good fun. Right. And there's stuff that that's a little extra, like the John Byrne Star Trek, but at the same time, it's not, you know, it's not breaking the mold or anything. So I'm always... You know, I, the the stuff that I pick up regularly is usually the stuff that's really blowing me away. So right now I got The Walking Dead. I got that Army at Love, which comes out so irregularly that it's not even like. And it used to be The Walking Dead and Why the Last Man. You know, I would pick up every issue of both of those, and I was following them. in The Simpsons, I was getting The Simpsons comics for the first, like, hundred issues. Because they were good. But they were another good, solid comic that was nothing... Fantastic, except for the radioactive mans. But yeah, I'm so picky that, like, you know, so I, I go to the comic shop now once a month and I'll pick up two or three comics. Sometimes I keep up with the stuff the Hernandez brothers draw, but once again, it comes out every couple months. I'll have something that'll come out and I'll pick it up. But it's not anything that you have to really keep your eye on and race to get. Like The Walking Dead, if I get there three or four days after New Comic Day, I have to get it off the off ebay because it's gone gone baby and i don't do the whole like you know save save me these comics and come in i like going in and shopping that's how i like to do it the old-fashioned way just going in and browsing it up and 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 having that thing where i keep up on you know all right you know it should be time for a new walking dead so i get my ass down to the comic book store and sure enough there's one and i've got it so i have to keep my brain on it but yeah it sounds like you're getting but but you know there's a infinite world of back issues to keep you occupied for the rest of your life if you want to so there's no real reason to stress out about and if something really fucking amazing that's going to blow your mind comes out and you miss the first few episodes oh well you always know you can get it in trades because really when it comes right down to it you know, the story and the art are really the most important part. And, you know, the whole, like, single episode, what do they call them, floppies now? Is, like, the oh, I hate new, that like, der- yeah. der- derisive term for comics. You can it, still... it is, too. And, and, and it's, it's a fucking snobby, elitist thing because the people that came up with that are the, the trade people, and I, yeah. I think the trade people, by and large, are See, a I'm, bunch of fucking well, snobs. I, 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 I'm, I'm bisexual on the whole comic trade floppy thing, because I'll take... <laughs> I've got plenty of trades, and I'll, you know, if I, like The Walking Dead, I miss those first 12 issues or whatever for the first... No, what years. I mean is the, are the pricks that are really pretentious about it, because, you know, it's like when you go to the, the movies yeah, now. Yeah. And they show you the latest trailer for the new, you know, I don't know, fucking Punisher or Watchmen. Or, it was, Watchmen was the worst. Watchmen was the one that fucking pissed me right off. Based on the graphic. Now, fuck you, assholes. It was a comic book series. Yeah. What? You know, comic books have become some sort of dirty word. So, you know, the fucking yuppie that's sitting on yeah, the subway. The trade is more fucking, like a. 
watch it's like trade. A, it's, right. it's just a graphic novel. Well, no, but it's if, not, asshole. It's a comic book. Call it what it is, you know? But they don't yeah. want to say that because then it makes them sound like, you know, they're they're a kid reading Richie Rich or something. You know, they, they're afraid of the persecution that comes from being a comic book nerd. Well, you know, I lived with that Take shit it. all my life. <laughs> Take it like a man I or a woman it. or whatever. Yeah, I own that shit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know. Um, stand up, you know, stand up and be counted, you know. Don't don't fucking hide yeah. behind bullshit terms cuz you're not fooling anybody because Joe average on the street that doesn't know a, you know, a fucking graphic novel from a hole in the ground, they're not going to look at you any differently just because you you think you're being so, you know, smarmy by saying it's a graphic novel. They're looking at you, you're still reading a funny book as far as yeah. they're concerned. You yeah, know? and you know what? So, Even if it is a funny book, fuck it. What's wrong with that, man? I right, think exactly. you know. I think the uh, <laughs> this guy that comes regularly to the bar that I work at. He lives next door, and he's this really nice, sort of laid back guy. You know, intelligent guy. He's kind of a musician. He has a day job. You know, in his his late forties. And I'm walking home last night at two o'clock, and he walks out of the the porn shop ahead of me. And I see him walk out, and I see the back of his head, and it looks familiar, and I'm looking at him, and he turns around and looks at me, and he sees it's me, and he turns around and keeps walking. So I start going, hey, Rob, Rob, wait, where are you going? Hey, Rob, it's me, Chris. I just oh, saw you coming out of him, the man. porn shop. <laughs> oh, and, man. And he, well, because he was running away from it. He didn't want me to see him coming out of the porn shop, so I finally catch up. We're the only two people on the street, so I catch up to him. I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> Okay, you name me someone who doesn't look at porn. Okay, don't, you know, just you can still say hi to me. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh man! Well, you I called just, him uh, out right there on well, the street. Yeah, well, so so what, man? He should you shouldn't have to walk out of your porn shop. I I, I shouldn't be talking because I don't go really go into porn shops. I don't see the need to go into a porn shop when the internet exists for free. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm not going to like, you know, come on. I'm, oh, my God. Look, he's coming. Oh, out I, had of the discussion with, I had that discussion with somebody a while ago that acted all fucking shocked and amazed when I said something about Internet porn. And I said, wait a minute. I said, do you have a computer? They were like, well, yeah. And I said, do you have shame the Internet? You, and I was like, I said, well, who the fuck do you think you're kidding? Yeah, shame There's on only you. one reason anybody ever owns a computer and the Internet is because they want fucking pornography. I wish I had don't more tell me time any different to, I, I wish I had more time to look at pornography. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, I... I I, I, I make no bones about that shit at all. That's so why speak. people buy computers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's, that's hey, how, speaking of, uh, you had mentioned uh, Burns' uh, Star, Star Trek? Trek stuff. Did you read that, the latest one, the number three of, of no. Schism? No, not yet. So don't fuck it up for me, man. No, no, no. I'm not going to spoil anything except this one point. Make a note of the editing in that book I'm loving that series don't get me wrong I'm not knocking it but holy shit somebody needs fucking spell check really somebody, it was, somebody it was missed a few clunkers there did they not not a few I'm, I'm talking like the the issue is literally riddled with like editing and misspelling gas and I mean I mean, I'm no fucking grammar guy. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if, if I noticed it, it had to be bad. 
And I was just like, wow, because there's actually entire word balloons where you've got to kind of look at it and <laughs> do some detective work to figure out what the fuck they're talking about because shit is so misspelled. It's really wow. weird. It's, it's almost like there was a, like a computer glitch that pit, that kicked out the wrong letters in places or something. It was really bizarre. Or the, but or, yeah, the, the or the guy who did the lettering did it like just before it went to print and he was going to quit the next day so he was just like hey. <laughs> Fuck yeah, him. it was it's it's bad. Yeah, it, huh. it almost there, check the it parts out. Parts of it, the dialogue was so strange that it also it almost made you wonder like, had they run it through like a translate right. tra- one of those like internet translator programs that, Chinese and then translated it back. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really strange. So yeah, I, I'm I'll be curious to see what you think of that when you read huh. it, but. Uh, couple other quick things. I know we're going long, so I'll just wrap this up real quick. Um, really kind of sad the other day. There was a podcast that uh, I used to listen to regularly. And the only reason I stopped listening to it regularly, literally, was that, you know, when, when I stopped working my last job, which was a night job where I had, you know, all kinds of time to listen to just shitloads of podcasts... You know, I suddenly went to having very little time to listen to podcasts. So really, I, I just had to, to cut way, way back. I had to call some stuff. And this was a show that I just, I intended to get back to it and get caught up. And it just kind of fell by the wayside and just never really happened. I just happened to see the other day that they had a thing up saying that, you know, special final episode. And I thought it was a big joke because I know this show is hugely popular, that a lot of people really, really, really dig this show. So I thought it was a joke. But So I downloaded it just out of curiosity and everything and listened to it. And apparently it's not a joke. It really was their, their last show. And it's, uh, it's called Quiet Panelologists at Work, uh, QPAW. Is the, is the nickname I of the show. I was just thinking of that, vid- that podcast yeah. the other day. Damn, it's a funny show. I and how much I like their title. Yeah. yeah. it's It was really, really a funny show. But yeah, if you get a chance, uh, listen to seven, number 75. It was their last episode. Maybe drop them a line and you know encourage them to maybe, you know, do something together again in the future sometime soon or retool the show and come back or something because I, I, I don't know what the reasons are why they would stop or whatever, but I, I'm serious, man. I listened to that show and I just, man, I had a real funk drop over me after that. I mean, if one of the best shows out there could just drop off, I was like, well, damn. I mean, it was, it was really, really sad. Well, let's, let's put it this way. It does. The thing about podcasts is it doesn't really go away. So it'll be, it'll be around. And sometimes people, sometimes it's better to make that decision, I guess, before jumping the shark. Or, you know, maybe one of them was like, I just got a new job. I'm not, don't know what time I, I have. But sometimes, you know, it's better to go out, I guess, gracefully or at a high point rather than, you know, so maybe their enthusiasm was flagging and they said, ah, we better stop before we start getting bored and making crappy shows or something. Who knows? I, it's, it's stuff like that's sad, but hopefully there'll be something new to, to fill in the yeah. void, you know what I mean? 
and and yeah. and, and maybe you know give them a little time to refresh and maybe they'll come back or maybe they'll come back with something different and if they're creative guys and enjoy doing it they'll probably come back to it eventually you know they'll probably have yeah. to so i wouldn't but you know well whether they do or whether they not you know i i wish them sad, well yeah. I, you know yeah it was it was it was really sad I, I i felt really bad that that i had you know dropped off after that i i felt like you know <laughs> like i should have stuck with it maybe they just stuck around or so you know what i mean it, because it, it is a really, really good show. Very funny show. It doesn't and, uh, sound so like it had to do with anything like, ah, oh, we don't have enough listeners anymore. Maybe we'll stop doing it. You know, who knows what the reason. Did they say why they were yeah. doing it or they just said that? We're Not to my recollection. It was more just like, you know, we're, we just have, you know, we just can't devote our time to it anymore yeah. kind of thing. So I don't know. But, you know, you, you never know what's what's going on behind the scenes or whatever. If they don't tell you, but uh, on a positive note, though, there's a new uh, show out there that uh, I, I promised the guy I would uh, I would plug him and, and let people know about it. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the address. I, I meant to write it down before we started, and I totally missed it. But you should be able to find it pretty easily. Um, it's called The Life of Captain America. It's a, just a new podcast focused on Cap, and it starts the v- very first issue starts with a review of Captain America number 100, which is the first issue of Captain America. Uh, I, I wonder if people, some people may not know that, that Cap didn't actually start with an issue one. He started with issue 100 because Cap picked up the numbering from, what was it? I think it was Tales of Suspense, if I remember right. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, he's got several episodes out there now, like, I don't know, four, five, six episodes. Um, he's just kind of getting his feet, and you can tell he's a little bit nervous. He's really uh, itching for some feedback. So, you know, give him a listen, check it out, because I'm glad that somebody finally picked up that ball and ran with it, because that's something I actually toyed with the idea with a while back was a Captain America podcast, and then I just was like, uh, I don't I don't know if I've got the... Because, see, I, lo- I like Captain America, but I don't envy anybody that task of actually tackling the history of cap you know right from the beginning and running right through because captain america for for all his awesomeness was one of those characters that's waxed and waned a lot and there's some really rough patches there and that's the stuff i got to thinking about when i Mm -hmm. thought about you know doing a show like that i was like man i don't know some of that stuff could be rough to get i think like when we were in high school he was at a sort of awkward phase if i remember just sort of a going nowhere sort of lackluster art and if I recall right, no, I don't. Well, I don't know because all I can recall from that era is the Mike Zek stuff, and that was uh, well. It depends on when you're talking. Like when we were like like kids, like That's young what I'm kids, saying. I think. Yeah, but then about the time we were like in high school or what. That's when I can't remember who the hell the writer was on that, but the but the art was that Mike Zek art, and I know that you and I both like that yeah. stuff. That that to me is still like. The quintessential Captain America is the Mike Zek era, because he just he had a handle on drawing the character. I wish I could remember who wrote that, because I always feel like I'm doing a disservice to the writer, because you know, of course, they're the one that's actually laying out the story. The artist is just making the pretty pictures, you know. But that was that was some good stuff. I really enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm I feel bad. I'm not even really prepared to to talk about that cast because I can't even remember the the host's name 
off the top of my head, but definitely, you know, check them out. Let them know that we plugged them and, uh, you know, give them some feedback because uh, I, I want to see them su- succeed and stick around. Yeah, it's a, the more it's the high merrier. time that one of the, yeah, it's high time that one of the, the best characters in comics got his own cast. I'm frankly, I'm surprised it's taken so long for somebody to, to do a Captain America cast. So, you know, if you're into Captain America, support him. You know, he, uh, he could use the encouragement, I'm sure. Also, uh, I wanted to say thanks to the indie cast. You know, uh, Josh Baker that joined us a while back when we did um, Indiana our Jones. Indiana Jones episode. He's, uh, he's a fan of that show. And he actually let them know that we did that indie show. And they oh, plugged cool. us on their show, which was really cool because, you know, that's very gracious. That's very nice when somebody comes and, and they play in your pool that you can actually be cool enough to go, hey, by the way, somebody else is talking about this. Because you know what? I got to be perfectly honest. I don't know if I could do that. Oh, yeah, if, you if could. Tomorrow, we would do if, it. No, I don't. On certain things, <clears throat> I don't know that I'd be so well, gracious I'll tell you about what? it. Because I, I give you, well, I'll give you an example is that lately several people have told me of either blogs or video blogs or even other podcasts that have covered or are covering the Marvel Comics Star Wars stuff and I think yeah. they thought I'd be excited or interested or or, or you know I just well, found gee, a I guy on YouTube who is doing it issue yeah. by issue why, why not you know what you my know? reaction was it fucking pissed me off yeah. I was like no that's our territory. Let them talk about The Walking Dead. Let them talk about Swamp Thing. But fucking Star Marvel it's, Star Wars is ours, goddammit. It's too, you know? it's and too, I big, really got it's too big for us to claim, you know. It's too big of a phenomena. Star Wars nah, and even the, sub, even the sub-phenomena of Marvel Star Wars. There's too many people out there. And, you know, I mean, it can only benefit from a different po- point of view from other people. And, and I watched the guy who did the YouTube Marvel Star Wars reviews and I don't know how far he got into it I didn't watch I think he got up to like issue 14 or 15 or is you know only up that far and they were probably about two 10 minutes so they were probably about 20 minutes a piece I was loving it even though a lot of it was a lot of the same stuff we said but it was also really funny to see he would he would pop up a a, you know a, a, a frame or two off a page a panel or two and comment on the art and stuff like we did, but with different stuff, you know, he was hitting, he hit a lot of the same points and he hit a lot of different points. And I think in the beginning when, um, when, um, Michael Bailey started first show, showing up in our world, like we started noticing that his podcast and our podcast had a lot in common as far as the way mm-hmm. they looked at things and stuff. And I think that's, you know, I think you know. I think it's also natural to be sort of territorial and stuff like that about it. But I don't get too concerned about it because, really, what can what can what can anybody take away from us? You know, the only people who could really like fuckledy fuck us over is like, well, Libsyn could kick us off or something, and we'd have to find someplace else to host our our podcast or something. But really, you know, it's not like. All of a sudden, they're going to take away our bread and butter. We can. It, it's right. not like all of a sudden the material isn't there for us to comment on, and and I don't worry about it. I don't worry about repeating whether or you know somebody else did that first. I sort of have confidence since you and I are both fucking freaks 
that our point <laughs> of, our point of view is going to be unique and it's and especially when you take your point of view and my point of view and start bouncing them off each other i think we're going to hit things that other people don't hit and i think that's part of the process of 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 i don't want to say understanding but it's part of the process of critically analyzing or you know or or talking about that stuff is you get those you get those other angles or you get something that 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 um enlightens you a little bit more on something that you thought or even changes your mind or something like that so i really think the more the more the merrier if all of a sudden there were um 15 podcasts reviewing marvel star wars i would be excited by the fact that we were one of the first ones <laughs> you know that we no, sort of no, 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 that no, we no, sort of no, were, no, were no. ahead of everybody else but on the, uh, I, I, I agree as, with everything you just said except the Marvel Star Wars. Now, I, I want people to leave Marvel Star Wars the fuck alone. It's, it's mine. Yeah. I, I, I want... If, I, if I'm going to be Hollow in this threats. podcast, it's got to be... <laughs> Hollow uh, threats. You can't I mean, back him up. We can't call the podcast police on him. <laughs> we can't, no, it's, we can't I'm send not, a cease and desist letter to him. So, yeah. But, I, but yeah, I understand how you feel. No, I mean, I'm just saying, if if we're going to be in this thing, if we're going to be in podcasting, I, and you know, one of the reasons we shook up the format early on was so that we filled a niche. Because I, I, I really, I, I, I came to believe something that had been told to me by one of the, you know, the the beginner podcasters that kind of laid the whole groundwork of how things work. That to survive in podcasting, you have to find a niche and fill it. And that was the main one that I felt like we were filling was that Marvel Star Wars material. So, you know, they can talk about anything else. I, I totally agree with everything else that you said, but you know, leave Marvel Star Wars the fuck alone. That's mine. Well, I'll put it this Hands way. Hands off. If there, are fi- if there are 15 podcasts doing Marvel comics, by the time that happens, we'll be on, like, episode or issue 106. <laughs> you know? So then it'll be all over for us, and we'll be picking some new trail to blaze and then they can all come and hop on our trail like star wars marvel comics you know we're we're a third of the way through them now buddy Mm -hmm. third of the way and and they they are a finite a finite thing so so i don't i'm just gonna start over when we get to the last issue i'm just gonna go back to the first issue (laughs) we'll we'll go over them all over again (laughs) you know that's not that's I that's not just a funny concept to me. That's that could be possible because it would be extra challenging to make it interesting on a second pass. <laughs> so it would be a challenge. It would be a challenge to make it interesting because you know as well as I that we're not going to release anything that we you know some of our shows I'll agree are better than others, but we at least try to keep a minimum standard of some sort of our level of quality that makes us happy so if we did do that we would probably have to figure out a way to make it at least interesting to us and hopefully that would be interesting to other people but otherwise i don't worry about i don't worry i i'm i'm a freak i I, i'm unlike a lot of people like i get in a I get. I'm a lot different than, say, my roommate, who's a lot like you with that stuff. It's very territorial thing. If someone copies me, I get it. Almost tickles me. Although I have, 
I did. Well, that's the difference between us. You don't worry about anything, and I worry about everything. And that's that's the difference between us. I did have. Oh no, I worry about certain stuff, but like I think I think I have to really, really pick and choose my battles because I get too worked up about it. So I have to really think about what I want to pick to go fucking psycho on. Because if I didn't, if I just let it go to where I felt like I had w- wanted to do it all the time, I would be in a life of constant turmoil and and opposition and fighting and yelling. And so I I try to pick and choose my battles on that stuff. But you know, s- stuff bothers me sometimes, and I get annoyed with stuff. But I can't remember where I was. I I had a specific. Um, thing that I wanted to say about this and now it's it's dropped my mind it dropped off of my mind about that's it that's cuz it's 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. <laughs> we've gone long for this this segment yeah well basically i say fuck them if they can't take a joke and on that note we'll be back with the swamp thing of saga the swamp thing number 9 uh <laughs> well, we'll just get to the episode, the issue, and and let you decide what what it is. <laughs> the saga of the swamp thing. All right, we're back, and as you just heard, it's the saga of the swamp thing number nine. And I have prepared uh, uh, <laughs> a, a little summary of the story here. So uh, let's just see if this makes any sense to you. Okay. The helicopter, created by an uh, Agent Blue altered Vietnam vet that carries Liz Dennis in the Swamp Thing, disintegrates over the ocean when the vet passes out because he's been creating it with his mind. So when he passes out, it falls apart. They wash up on shore near a carnival and bury the now-dead vet. Harry Kay, meanwhile, is breaking into an uber-secret Sunderland facility with uh, the burned-up producer Paul Feldman, and he hopes to fix him up with one of his proxy clone things and, uh, you know, recover him from his, his burns because Casey fried him and find out what he knows about her. So he's also snuck in Milton... Grossman, the guy who looks like Rondo Hatton and is a psychic, and they discuss how Casey, whose real name is Karen, is now a hot adult pyrotic creature of great power who searches for a chosen catalyst to drain of their power. Um, she thought Feldner was the gatekeeper, I mean, uh, catalyst, but he wasn't, so she, you know, pyrotically burned him up and left him for dead. And took this guy named David Marks, this like curly-haired star David wearing powerful psychic who has been trained by Harry Kay apparently and whatever whoever he's working for to be he was sort of been groomed for this position of catalyst uh, to to whatever Casey is. So meanwhile, we find out that Grasp has somehow returned from the dead and uh, and is overhearing a conversation between Harry Kay and and. Uh, Grossman about this, so he squeals to General Sun- Sunderland that Harry Kay's up to something, and Sunderland sort of orders a, uh, 
halt to Kayan to keep an eye on him, and he wants Alec Holland dead. But not before, you know, not he wants him before the body's actually killed. But he wants Holland dead, and this thing over with. So, meanwhile, Swamp Thing, using the locket that he got from Karen, senses she's on her way to Germany to put the final phase of her plan into effect. And, uh, so they, they also figure that they need to find Feldman, and they know he's burned up, so they figure Harry Kay's probably taking him somewhere to get fixed up. So they go back to the Barclay Clinic, because that's the only place they remember, you know, these sort of experiments going on, and to see if they can find Paul. But the place is abandoned, they find, and uh, while searching around it, they find some files in a safe identifying Harry Kay as the Nazi war criminal Helmut Kriptmann, who was recruited by the U.S. government after World War II, and uh, apparently he was a you know evil genetic scientist for the Nazis and on the level of like Dr. Mengele. So Harry and Grossman show up just as some guards find Lin- Liz Dennis in, in Holland. So Grossman wipes out the guards with his psychic eye powers, but as it does it, it, it mutates him and, and makes him a hunchback and boils grow on his face and stuff like that because of the price of using this power to subdue the guards. So he also sort of knocks out Swamp Thing, and when Swamp Thing comes to, Harry sort of explains there's you know big doings going on and he's not who they think he is and he's not the bad person. They have to trust him. And so he asks them to join him in their, you know, quest slash battle or whatever the hell they're doing. And Dennis flat out tells him to go to hell. And Harry says, okay, so be it. And then Grossman sort of zaps Holland again with his eyes, who hits a wall and vines start growing out of him and mutating and are reaching towards Dennis and the newly raven-haired Liz. So there, does that, is that perfectly clear to everybody <laughs> what happens in this episode because holy shit man you know well, your your description was very very good because this actually your description actually makes this sound like an interesting issue and i would like just like to assure the readers that um it's not <laughs> it's really not i didn't like it i really well, one didn't. of my this main complaints where... with this book is Man, they just cram too much, too much, and too and, much, and all this story is told with a maximum amount of descriptive text. Um, right. Also, you know, dramatic, and the first five pages of it are a series of flashbacks from earlier comics, and then there's like, what the hell? It's apparent that Liz and Dennis and Swamp Thing have washed up on the shore somewhere in America near like a carnival, so. How the fuck do you get away with, there's a dead GI, you bury him on the shore? You know, are they on the edge of Coney Island and it's like body found by Coney? That's kind of creepy, you know? If you're on a desert island or something, so Plus, be it. how the fuck do you smuggle Swamp Thing across town? <laughs> exactly. You know? They just they just head over towards the carnival, you know? They just, you just sort of, but man, they just, he crams so much story. Well, not to mention sudden, the fact that they're, they're tooling across the Atlantic in a helicopter, and the helicopter disintegrates. And they all now, granted, Holland can survive because he's Swamp Thing. But what about everybody else? I mean, why? Well, I, I guess maybe the the GI. Maybe I, I had assumed he died before the you know, when the helicopter well, broke up. But maybe the they say he's, died, they say he pa- he's passing out. You know, that's what they say. I thought that's what. 
I thought upon re before I reread this, I thought what happened was he died. You know, they were flying right. and he just expired and you know but he just passes out. But I imagine he passes out and then drowns or something like that. They don't explain it at all. The next thing you know they're standing by the shore next to his the right. mound that they buried him in the sand and and uh yeah. <laughs> just weird. But you know, I mean there's the there's all sorts of I mean you said sounding interesting. There's interesting things going on here. Like the whole I and he's I mean he's using um themes that haven't been you know, he's he's actually being a little bit this it's kinda of trailblazing because he's the whole Nazis from World War Two thing is a real thing. We did recruit right. a lot of Nazi war criminals to work on was it scientific Project Paperclip, Paperclip or something. Yeah, Paperclip, so this is yeah. referencing Project Paperclip and there's some huge like thing going on with the Nazis and Jews that you can't tell what's going on right now in it. But you know, you get you know, there's all these characters with stars of da- stars of David that look like they're sort of like these super like Jewish Ubermen. You know you know what I mean? They're kinda look like trained right. like people and there's Nazi war criminals. So you know, there's all sorts of really interesting elements thrown in there and there's a girl who's some sort of you know, creature that they, they know of, and there's prophecy going on. And this was a little bit before that kind of stuff was like cliche. Whenever I hear the words "chosen one" in a in a in anything nowadays, it's just like, oh God, it's so it's such a cliche. You know, you are oh the chosen one has come or whatever. I am the I am the gatekeeper, right. and you're the keymaster. But this was sort of before that. So there's all sorts of interesting things. But like you said, when you put it all together, it's not... It's so dense. It's almost as like... As if they had... Uh, they were trying to be semi-episodic with a running storyline. And then they said, fuck it, we're going to go straight into one storyline that's very involved. Right. And he had all this... And maybe he was... maybe. This comic was on the edge of being renewed, so he was trying to get as much. But it's like, man, oh man, you just keep cramming all these details into it, and you can't enjoy the flow of a story or things happening. Right. It's just, you're just sort of making notes in your head about, okay, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. Ooh, Casey's turning into a hot woman now. And, you know, and like. The, you know, and there's other things that I didn't even mention, like, yeah, they go over Swamp Things, you know, they remind us that he's dying of some sort of degenerative condition, and they've got him in the shower to keep him moist to slow it down, but Dennis doesn't, you know, he's listening to them talk about him, and Dennis is like, look, we owe him because he saved our ass, but I don't know what the hell is going on, we need a molecular biologist or something, you know, and I'm going to do what I can, but God, I don't know what we're going to do, so, you know. But all that's like sort of it's a nice little scene, but it really all I think it really functioned to do was to show Liz dying her hair because the world thinks she's dead and they must continue to think that she is dead. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just yeah. want to say that anybody anybody that's bitching about the decompressing decompression writing style. That's so prevalent and bitched about in comics today and that whole writing for the trade thing and all. 
go back and read this shit and you won't ever bitch about that well, again because it's, it's the complete opposite extreme. You know, you know what's really funny is um, Marty Pasco right, wrote this, right? And right. I was just look when I was on our website today, I was looking at the uh, cover of the latest Batman animated Batman Adventures episode that you did, and the cover of right. it, it's got Pasco's name on it. Right. And that cover doesn't have any word on it except the Batman, you know, it's the Batman Adventures, and then it's just a picture. Not right. the soul-crushing, you know, you know, chaos in Gotham or anything like that. It's just a picture telling the whole story, and then it has the names, and I see Pasco on there, and I'm like, oh, my God, I just never, you know, how times have changed. I just never associate Pasco with a brevity of words. <laughs> Maybe he. Yeah, those know, maybe he's a those lot stories than... had to be written that way, right? You know, those stories deliberately written to where there was a minimum of dialogue and a minimum of of exposition. It was more about looking like a cartoon yeah. in comic book form, right? Right, and so yeah, and and let's just say the Phantom Stranger once again, fairly well, fairly well drawn. Not the greatest art of any of the Phantom Stranger, but not bad. But just stupid. In another part one, it's a, a, a church that's like haunted. One of the one of the priests got hung up on the cross and died of exposure. And there's not enough. It's going broke. And that when they come to tear the church down, the wind blows all the construction people away and scares them off. And you know, it turns out at the end, there's the you know the Phantom Stranger and the the architect who is gonna rebuild over the church find out that it's actual gargoyles and they find yeah. out that the gargoyles are some sort of living they look like kitty cats with bat faces and wings <laughs> and you know the gargoyles come to life and just you know threaten to kill them because they know their secret and it says most definitely to be continued awesome I didn't awesome. like the Phantom Stranger story. I did not like the art on the Phantom Stranger story. I thought it was I okay, wasn't but crazy uh... about the the Swamp Thing story. And this is when we were reading this when this was coming out. This is where you were. Giving I, this up started on it. to yeah. lose me. Yeah, this this was where I was starting to go. I don't know if I'm going to keep going with this, but a couple. It gets positives. even more muddled. I know. I remember yeah, it that. Does. It does. A couple positives though is you're right. Um, Wow, Casey does go from you know it's a cute of, it, little it girl makes you to feel kind she, of creepy. Damn, it does. It really does and because even that first picture of her, where she's only supposed to be probably what like nine, ten years old, she's even drawn kind of hot there, and it's like, well, they Whoa, got wait her, a minute, this is well, here's one of those things. They do one of those rare things in a comic where you're like, okay, she grows up on the spot. They show her growing up into a full grown woman in the same clothes. Mm -hmm. But the top of her tank top goes down over, down halfway over her belly when she's a little kid, and by the time she's up, it's like stretched across just her boobs. So that makes right. sense. So they paid attention to that. But what about her pants? <laughs> they're all ripped up like the Hulk <laughs> when she gets up there. Right. But they're just as long. They still reach right. to the ground. So that's that's or they're, they're they're a little high water. But you know that doesn't quite fit. But I guess you can't have her pants just go off. But at least, they, sure you at can. least uh, yeah, maybe nowadays, but I don't think it was going over on the newsstand in uh, Champagne's cigar store. I don't. I don't think yeah, the guy who ran true. it would have had a problem with it, but 
Some, yeah, he was creepy. Some bumpkin in, in Carthage would have. And the only other thing I have on this issue has nothing to do with the Swamp Thing. It's one of the ads in it. It has one of those great ads. Superman in the case of the snake shapes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. With magic the magic snake. snake. And plugs for Kmart. You know, they're in Kmart, you know. And it's funny because the Kmart sign is just sort of plugged into the Superman art, you know, like post. Yep. And, you know, Superman finds out, you know, where the toy man is hidden because the shop clerk at the toy store overheard him playing with the the snake and going, aha, the perfect hideout. And so Superman, of <laughs> course, using flawless logic says, so somewhere, one of these shapes that the magic sh- snake makes will tell me where he's hidden. And, uh, of course, the shopkeeper goes, but Superman, the magic snake can be twisted into over 23 trillion different shapes. And here's where we find out Superman's true fucking crazy insano powers. 23 trillion at super speed, that will take a mere moment. So Superman, in a mere moment, shapes this toy into all 23 trillion shapes until he forms it into a globe. The globe, of course, and he's hiding in the Daily Planet globe. And, uh, but, <sighs> Jesus, God, what are they, th- what are these people thinking? Do you think this magic snake wouldn't melt from the friction of it being <laughs> flipped around into 23 trillion different shapes in a mere moment? In a mere moment. It would just, it would just go crashing and it would go flying into a million pieces. Somebody should get fired over this, or somebody should have gotten fired over this. I know it's 25, 30 years gone by, but God I damn like it. I like the art, though. Yeah. But the writing, man, yeah, I mean, they're really, they're really well, sipping on those magic though, they only snake see, ads. We only see four of the 23 trillion shapes, though, so. Well, yeah. Now, that would be great if all of a sudden this comic was like 45,000 pages long, you know, to watch Superman forming every 23... I don't even know how many pages long it would have to be. It would be billions of pages long, I guess. They'd still be publishing it today. Exactly. There wouldn't be enough paper in the the trees on Earth to make the paper to print this ad. That's how the world collapsed, was somebody had to see that Superman ad through to the very end. Oh my god. Well, speaking of art, um, yes. Did you point out that there was different artists on this issue? No, that it was I didn't. Jan Dersema and Tom Mandrake, and uh, nice little team. I really enjoyed the art as much as I didn't dig the story. I did dig the art. The, they uh, they are not two artists that I would think would work well together, but damn, you know, it, it works for this issue. It well, really I'll looks tell you good. What, I'll tell you what, it really continues the look of Yates. Yes. It, especially a lot of the fine lines and like close-ups of faces and stuff. And the way the character looks, it, it stays consistent with, and the sort of layout of the page, the sort of weird, it's a little bit unusual layout of the pages a lot of the times. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, yeah, it really works. It really works. And the art is, is good. It's just too, I just wish so much space wasn't taken up by word balloons in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought there's some ah. sick stuff in here where they, where 
where Rondo Hatton melts the cop's gun over his hand. That's pretty twisted. That's some pretty hardcore And not shit. very nice. No, that's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. <laughs> but other Let's than talk that, about zombies. Yeah, it's about that, about that zombie time. I can smell them. I know they're in there. I can hear their brains. The Walking Dead. Okay, this is the final segment of the show in which we are going to cover issue number 13, Lucky 13, of The Walking Dead. Joining us for this portion of the show is Mr. Drake Payton, all the way from the UK. He is also known as Vindicator on the comicforums.com. And uh, welcome to Two True Freaks, Drake. Why, thank you, Scott. How are you? Hey, doing great. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. What a now uh, what a crisp, clean connection for <laughs> for all the way across the ocean. I remember just a few years ago, whenever you would talk to somebody in another country, even over Skype or the computer, there'd be like that two and a half second delay, which made conversation almost impossible. I love right. technology. I love it. And that weird tinny, hissy kind of kind of sound in the yeah yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It is. It's it's you know people say things like. You know, they'll look at movies like, oh, I don't know, like 2001 or something that projected the future and say, oh, it sucks. We're nowhere near that. But I don't know, man. Being able to talk to somebody clear on the other side of the planet in in real time, pretty freaking cool if you ask me. Yeah, so. I agree. I mean, this is like Star Trek-esque talking, you know, with the weird, yes. uh, I don't know what you call them, those weird microphone things. <laughs> I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Now, I understand that you actually got into The Walking Dead because of us two assholes talking about it. Is wow. that right? I got to say, I got into it, and I got one of my friends into it who's never, ever read a comic. Yes. Oh, I love you, man. That's my yes. that's my dream. I've, I've never been able to persuade a non-comic reader to read comics, and that that's awesome. Yeah, it was my um, first indie book as well. I, I just... You like every episode you guys were talking about it, so I thought oh, I gotta check this out. So I just went into a shop, picked up the trade for about and it was really cheap because it was second hand, it was about four quid, which about eight dollars or something like that, maybe six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got it cheap and just read it, loved it, <laughs> bought the second and third, uh, gave them all to my friend and said, Just read it. No questions asked, just read it. And boom, we're both walking death fans. <sighs> See that's, that's- that's why you've never been able to convert someone to comics, is you've never had The Walking Dead on your side until now. Because yeah. Yeah. it's like before, there was a big deal with The Dark Knight and everything like that. And, uh, you know, so a lot of non-comic readers would read The Dark Knight, maybe because they'd read Batman comics. from. But this is different, you know. This isn't really a superhero right. comic or anything. This is, I hate, you know, I don't really, you can't really put it this way, but I guess you can, is it's based in reality. Right. Except for the zombies, but... <clears throat> A pretty fun yeah. It's it's characters almost anybody could identify with. So it's it, this is this is it's a good gateway drug comic. To get I, I'm hoping. Uh, I, I was at a I was at a bookstore tonight 
Um, it's the one at our local mall, and I forget. I always can't, I can't remember if it's a Borders or if it's a Barnes and Noble. Those two to me are basically the same yeah. entity, and I can't keep them straight. But anyway, there was a young fella. He's probably oh I don't know maybe nineteen or so at the comics thing, and he's flipping through the latest uh, Blackest Night issue. Can't make heads or tails of it. And he's like, oh, I like the art, but you know, it just doesn't look very, I don't know, what do you think? And he's talking to his buddy, and his buddy's like, dude, I don't know shit about comics. And they're standing there, and I'm thinking, I, I really shouldn't butt into this conversation, but I'm <laughs> tempted to. And they actually turn to me, and they see me like looking at the comics, and the guy's like, um, excuse me, sir. He's like, do you know anything about comic books? I'm just thinking. <laughs> but I didn't want to be, you know, like the arrogant ass. So I was just right. like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, right. I know a little bit about them. And uh, so we get into this long conversation. And bottom line is I, I think I persuaded him to walk over and check out the Walking Dead trades. Because, of course, you know, that place doesn't carry the single issue. They've just got Marvel, right. DC, and then like, well, some the token Archies, yeah. you know, and that's it. So. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Maybe I, I was able to persuade somebody else. It seems he was like, like the, the trade is the main entrance into The Walking Dead, unless you caught it from the beginning, you know. Right. And I mean, I only I, I caught it too late, so I got the first two trades, but then I, you know, I had enough time to catch the next issue after that. But I have to see. He's oh, standing. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Ah, uh, I think actually, um, a big way The Walking Dead has made its success and become popular is actually because of the downloading. Of yeah, the turrets and everything, because um, I, I gotta admit, I, I downloaded the turret, and um, it actually said straight away when you download it, if you like this, buy the book. I can right. read. Yeah, I, I think I think that there's a lot of people that got. I mean, I myself got into it that way, and that's why I think that. Uh, that that's why I call bullshit on that argument that you know if people yeah. download things that. You know that they're, they're just going to get used to that, and that's how it's going to be. And that whatever entity it is that they're downloading, you know, whatever uh, media it is that they're downloading, whether it's music, movies, or comics or whatever, that oh, they're just going to get used to the downloading, and then that's you know they're never going to go. I mean, that's bullshit. it's not the same. Because, it's just yeah, not if, the if same. You, it's not. I mean, if you discovered something awesome like say Walking Dead by downloading the torrents, and you fall in love with it. I would say that that 99.9% of people are going to go, I've got to go buy this. Having because, having a comic as a, as a download to me is not like having it in my collection. I don't count exactly. it as being in my collection. I, I have probably got a hundred times as many digital comics as I do actual paper ones. I do not have them indexed or no, profiled. No, they're just like a throwaway reference almost Exactly, because I don't – like you say, I don't consider myself to actually quote-unquote own no. them right. because I don't have a physical copy. So, right. And I, I would But you have a reference to them. <laughs> they're almost like a reference, yeah. Right, yeah. But, I mean, I would venture a guess that, that the vast majority of true readers and collectors of any kind of media at all probably feel exactly the same way, that they don't really own it until they own a physical copy. Right. And I, I think that that's going to – I think that's years that's the, and years well, away yeah. from that mentality. Well, it's the nature of the collecting gene, so I don't think it will ever change in, some, in any form. It will just – switch around but you know people want that thing you know it's that's what that's what is part of what's cool about it but anyway hey i should get into the 
I was just going to say, yeah, The Walking, the Walking Dead. Dead. <laughs> Number 13, this is a great issue. It's It's got a great cover uh, by uh, Tony Moore with a, with a zombie chock full of holes with light shining through them and, and Rick and Tyrese staring in horror as the zombies walk out of the prison. So, uh, you know, this, this is the first issue of this next story arc, really. Where um, they're they're in a prison, so they they found the prison, and now the first shot is the RV driving through the torn open open gates of the prison, and basically this whole issue is just an issue of cleanup. You know, they decide, well, we gotta we gotta get all these wandering zombies out of here. So Rick and Tyrese decide that they're good. You know, they figure out they can pull the gate closed, so they're gonna go on one side of the gate with the zombies and just start killing off all the zombies while everybody else waits and. Can, can I ask you a question real quick? Yes. As you read this issue, I'm curious if you read this in, in when I when I read things, I have distinct voices for the characters. And a lot of times if I'm not already listening to music while I read, then my mind will play its own soundtrack while uh-huh. I'm reading. And when I read this issue, you know what I hear? No. I hear that little, 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 little music from Dawn, the original Dawn of the Dead when they're driving around the mall uh-huh. shooting zombies because this is exactly Basically like that. that scene. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just cleaning out their habitat for where they're going to be. Exactly. And, and, you know, Rick and Tyrese being the alpha males, they, they lock themselves inside and say, we're going to go and start wiping them out. And uh, Andrea... You know, says, hey, look, I'm the best shot of all of us. I should be there with you. And they say, well, you know, we can't argue with that. So the three of them go to just clean out the prison yard. And it's it's tough work, but, you know, they're hard zombie killers now. So they wipe out a good amount of the zombies in the in the courtyard with Andrea, sort of, you know, with Rick and Tyrese sort of hitting them on the head. You know, Tyrese with his hammer and Rick with his hatchet. And uh, Andrea stayed in the background and just picking off any zombies that come too close to either of the two guys. So they clean out a bunch of them, and uh, when you know it, all that noise has attracted all the zombies from inside, which starts spilling out. So once again, they just sort of go through the same procedure, except Andrea runs out of bullets and has to go back to the RV, where we see Alan's just sort of moping around still. And she runs back, gets some ammo, and... You know, we see Chris, the the creepy boyfriend of Tyrese's daughter, griping about how he should be shooting zombies too and being mean to the kids. And so uh, Andrew gets her, her her ammo, and they just generally go back to wipe out the zombies. We get a little conversation, you know, about um, Lori being pregnant and her she's sort she's sort of down, maybe hormonal, and. Uh, and then we're back to more zombie killing, and basically they they wipe out a big pile of zombies in the doorway and say, "Okay, well nobody else is coming. Let's start burning them." So they're burning the zombies, sort of hanging out in between the fences. And the next day, well, Rick and Tyrese are going to go back in and clean, you know, see what's left on the inside. So they stalk around the corridors of the inside. You know, it's mostly just dead zombies. So. They figured they've gotten out all of them. There's a few that are sort of laying around that are lazy. And uh, they come upon a door that has a nightstick jammed in it. And they both look at each other and they're both like, well, we know what's on the other side of this. I'm sure Rick's having a flashback to the scene where he first woke up in the hospital. I was so, just- sorry, to, sorry to bring that up, man. I know it's a sore subject with you. 
I, I was just thinking that it's the same um, sign on the door and the yeah. same way it's and everything. Yeah, and they look uh, at each other and they go, okay, you know what's in there, you know, we, you know, so it's going to be a room full of zombies. And they open it up and it's four prisoners sitting, you know, or we'll, we'll assume they're prisoners because they're in prison garb and sitting around a table and they say, hey, you know, you guys want some meatloaf? And that's the end of the episode. Issue. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, I still like to Same. call them episodes. I just yeah, I do too. I'm just not even going to correct myself from this point on. I'm declaring that from now on. You know what? I listen to a number of other shows, um, and all the, the ones thing? that yeah, all the ones that I listen to that actually oh, talk good. about comic books do exactly the same thing. Good. Everybody I'm glad it's not uses just those me. terms interchangeable. So yeah, it's not us, uh, <laughs> you know, by by any stretch. Now, uh, right off the bat. Super nitpicky, but I have to ask, why are all the zombies bald? This this is Georgia or somewhere very close to Georgia, right? It's it's a southern state. Where are all the mulleted zombies? I guess they're in prison, so they have to shave the head. Maybe these zombies Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. I was gonna say maybe they've been walking around in the sun and their hair's just rotted off their head or something, but yeah, no, that's that's totally what must be what must I be could going buy on. Yeah, yeah, I could buy that. And it makes sense that <laughs> mo- most of the zombies seem to have come from inside too, so they were probably yeah, all prisoners. Um, I really like this. I, I like this episode. It's a good start to what becomes one of the major story. It's like that story arc is still sort of resonating through what's going on even now and they've gone way beyond this oh yeah and yeah. uh but this so far to me this has been like this this is like the beginning of the most important story arc and it's great because hey nothing really dramatic happens in this it just sort of keeps you up with what everybody's state of mind is and their relationship with each other but it just shows you you know the the procedure they have to go through to uh to clean out the place, you know, it re- reaffirms a lot of things. I think at one point, you know, Laurie says, you know, we're never safe, you know, and you know, we, and um, somebody says, you know, that we can make ourselves at home here, and she's just like, yeah, I've heard that before, you know. So it's 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 really a lot of the same stuff, but I I really like this. It has a lot of zombies in it for one. <laughs> yeah. Well, two things that that I think are really cool in this issue is I see two things happening. Uh, concurrent with each other is that on the one hand you've got a lot of building up going on where and what i mean by that is relationships you see right. tyrese um, hooking up yeah tyrese and uh and uh, rick you know forming a, a good friendship you see you see that a couple of times you see uh you know rick's little boy and uh Sophia, yeah, you know, she asked him, she asked him to be her girlfriend or her right. boyfriend in this one. And says, I gotta say, I, I gotta say, I think the kids are actually probably like one of the best bits in this issue. Yeah, they act like real kids. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just uh, especially when um the kid gets angry because he gets called a brat. You see, yeah. him this is after he shot um, what's his name? Isn't it? Yes, Shane. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so it's not the so you can tell he's still like angry and frustrated and everything. So it kinda gave the hint that he's still 
And he's got that self-important little kid thing where, yeah. you know, they run in to get the ammo and he's like, maybe we should have told them that he called us, called me a brat, you know, <laughs> in the middle of well, a one zombie of my, battle. One of my top indicators for a good comic book writer is somebody that can write realistic child dialogue. And a lot of comic book writers, even great comic book writers, suck at writing kid dialogue. I mean, look at like Franklin Richards. They either make his dialogue sucks, you know? He doesn't sound like a real kid. Well, they either make him sound too young and stupid or too old and intelligent. And he strikes the balance of like, little kids are very intelligent, but at the same time, they're very smart, but their head's in a different place. So they don't have to talk like idiots. They can talk intelligently, but they're just focused on completely different things than the adults with it. He understands right. that. Right. Oh, Kirkman, uh-huh. you god, you. <laughs> <laughs> Scott and I just have like 15 empty used chapsticks by the side of our, oh, of our god. chairs from kissing Kirkman's ass on this show. He owes me money comic. at this point. Yeah, with, with, we're converting you know, we're, people to his comic. Yeah, yeah. If we're converting yeah. people to to the religion of The Walking Dead. Then, damn it, he owes me a paycheck. In my opinion, try and get yeah. a sponsorship or something. There you go. I actually wrote him a letter after what was the big, and I, I don't want to spoil anything, but the the big throwdown issue. You know, was that like forty eight or forty nine? Yes, it was something like that. Yeah, and I wrote him not long after that. And, and, you know, just, I hope it didn't sound like a shameless plug because that's not at all the way I wrote it. But I just basically casually mentioned at the end of it, oh, by the way, you know, we talk about your show on, on a podcast that I co-host. Never heard a fucking thing. So, you know, well, take it that sounds, Well, it sounds like, you know, yeah. He sounds like the kind of person he doesn't like to do a lot of interviews or he doesn't like to, you know. So right. he probably just ignores all of it, you know. I've never heard him interviewed on any podcast. Well, that's so what I I'm saying. He probably just ignores it out of hand, you know, because yeah. if, if if he was to respond to it all, it would take up too much of his. Because goddamn, he seems to write a lot. So <laughs> yeah. if he's putting yeah. out all that input, you know, why I, I if if he doesn't want to take time to answer emails, that's fine as long as he keeps writing quality comics. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. have, have at it, man chain his ass to the to the writing yeah, table. Yeah, whatever. Don't, don't waste whatever time talking takes. to me in a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> just keep just keep the Walking Dead at the at this same quality level, and I'm and I'm perfectly happy. But don't yeah. let that discourage you from coming on our podcast, <laughs> guys. You guys should definitely try and be the first to get him on. That that would be something big. Well, here's here's my. Th- it's funny you mentioned that because that was something I was I was going to talk about back at the beginning of the show. Was uh, I'm torn when it comes to creators because when we first started, I had this like list in my head of of a bunch of creators I wanted to have on, and so far we really haven't done. You know, when it comes to comic books, we really haven't had anybody, and now I'm. I'm starting to lean to we probably still could get people, but I'm actually wondering now if it's do I want to become one of those? Yeah, well, not so much is it worth the effort, but do I really want to go that route? And part of it is, well, like, for example, we're coming up on issue 38 on Star Wars Monthly Mondays. And we talked to Michael Golden about having Michael Golden on the show to talk about that issue specifically. Right. 
But now that the time is actually approaching, I got to thinking about what what the fuck would I say to Michael Golden? I mean, I mean, it, it would. Well, take, who knows? You know what? We, a, basically, after you it, ask him. Well, you know what was it like working on Star Wars number thirty eight? After that, I got nothing. I'll counter. You know, I'll counter it with this. It's not what. It's not what. Um, you have to say to Michael Golden. It's what he would have to say about. He's the one with all the information about the comic and the process. So basically, it would be if we could, you know, if he has interesting stories about drawing Star Wars, which I imagine he's got to have. He seemed like a very uh, upbeat. Um, right. talkative sort of guy and he seemed to right. be a sort of storyteller sort of guy so I guess I, I worry about it more of the angle I listened to an interview not long ago on, a, on another show and they got somebody that you would think would be Mr. you know talkative Mr. full of stories right and instead it was like so tell me about when you worked on such and such. Well, that was 30 years ago, and I really don't remember. And then it was like you could hear crickets. And the you could tell that the, the podcaster was scrambling going, now what the fuck do I say, you know? And it was like I would – that would suck, you know? If we ever got that, that – Well, if you get that person who doesn't want to be there, doesn't give a good interview, or is just blah, yeah. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> you get that, sometimes you don't, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm no, hoping he... we're trying to avoid the people like that. I mean, we're trying to get, like, Palmiati on, and we met him, and he's a right. blah, blah, blah. He'll talk all day, it sounds like. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, he would be fun. You know he'll be fun to have on because we've got it. And we met Michael Golden when we were there, too, and he was a very nice, talkative, friendly, nice, yeah. interest, you know, interesting and interested guy. So, you know, we, we sort of have a preview of, of a lot of the people that we want to have on the show. But, yeah, you know, you take that risk. I'll put it this way. None of you people out there are paying nothing for this. <laughs> so, so how much, you know, and, and really, how much do they complain? So if we're, we're going to get a dud on there every once in a while, but, it, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about being that kind of podcast because I just don't think we get that many people Right. on the show that it would threaten to take over the show as an interview show with comic creators or stuff. And if it did, that would mean for some reason all the comic creators wanted to be on our show. And if that ever happened, I wouldn't fight that, I, I suppose. I think it would be really exciting. Yeah. But <laughs> whatever, pipe dream at this point. But <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, give uh, give Drake the final word on uh, on Walking Dead 13 here. What, what do you got, man? Well, I, I, there's one more scene I gotta. I actually love in this. Um, the bit where uh, Andrea, I think her name is, is running uh, to get some more ammo, and there's that three panel of um, oh, what's his name? What's the guy whose wife's dead? Alan. Yeah. Alan. Yeah. There's the four, five panel even of Alan there, and you just see him. They starts off with quite a long shot, and then goes in closer. And you see him crying, but you, um, it says "bam, bam" on it, showing that there's like shots and everything. And you see how like unfazed he is. Yeah, he's completely in his own world. Yeah. She actually has to shout at him in order to get him out of his little like uh, dream or whatever. And I think that's really powerful. Bit. Yeah, yeah. That was the other. That was the other point I was going to get to with you know you've got on the one side you've got the build-ups happening you know where, where friendships and, and um, alliances I guess you could say are being formed but then on the other side 
you also have what you can see is breakdowns are starting to happen. Allen being one of them. I mean, he's just really starting to lose yeah. it, I think. And then uh, it also looks like uh, whatever's going on with uh, Chris and Julie is is continuing to deteriorate, and their their attitudes are just getting pissier all the time. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, everybody's I, all, but they've all been sleeping in this camper for a while and scrounging for food. So, yeah, people yeah. are pretty sick of, you know, and, and there's little kids and stuff. It must be hellish inside that camper. So, I know the kids seem quite normal to be honest. Well, not normal because normal kids are annoying, but they're like they seem quite calm and grown up even. Yeah, I think they've had a lot of growing up, premature growing up in the last month or two. You know, there's a lot of death. Yeah, they're, res- they're resilient. Carl definitely rest. has. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that makes them that much more realistic as real kids would act because real kids, you know, kids more than anybody have that ability to just adapt to the most bizarre of circumstances because they just don't know any different. And as so the series goes on, we'll see how they do, how they have adapted for the good and the bad and the ugly. Right, right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, yeah, there's definite. You know, he doesn't. He does not gloss over the repercussions of that. That what the experiences have on people. You know, he right. he he doesn't let them go completely apart, but he doesn't have them as like untouchable superheroes too. They're they're really paying the psychic price of living in this world. Absolutely. Well, that's all I got on this one. Drake, did you have anything else? I've just got to comment on the artwork and see how great it is. <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah, there's like some amazing panels where you just see the expression in their face. You, to be honest, it doesn't even need words. You just look at the expressions on the faces and you would get exactly what's going on. Yeah. And that, that's like the, as soon as you like understand that, that makes a great artist. But obviously you need the writing because it's Kirkman, so yeah. Yeah, this is when I started to be won over to, to Charlie Adler. And one of the things that won me over with this issue was uh, I noticed for the first time that Sophia is actually drawn very well. She's, yes. She actually looks like a younger version of her mother, which yes. you know, it's really cool. It's but very not subtle. all the time. You'll get just flashes of it. And I'm just looking at, I, I don't know what page it is, but where they're playing cards and the shot of her face. Right. Yeah. And the cards. It's very Frank Miller-like, actually. That whole page yeah. is very Frank Miller rendered, especially with the two hands in the background grabbing each other in, or in the foreground, you know, as shadows at the top of it. But, uh, yeah. So, Gloom and Doom, an awesome way to end... Our episode. We'll be back in another week with a show about God knows what. Actually, we do know what. It's an old-fashioned classic Two True Freaks, but by classic we don't mean rerun or clip show or anything. It's just a classic style Two True Freaks, no topic. We answer some letters and shoot the shit. And it's pretty goddamn funny, if you ask me. And stand by for our 2009 Christmas craptacular. Oh, it's coming. It's in the works. <laughs> I've been rigging up. I've been rigging up the old shortwave, shortwave Star Trek computer to Santa. So, ho, 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 mofo. <laughs> Hey. 
visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsyn.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Lipson, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is 1-585-COP-LURE. That's 1-585-267-5873. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, why not review us in iTunes? And if you didn't enjoy this show, why not review us in iTunes? Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. We are now also members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check it out at www.comicspodcasts.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. Thanks for listening to Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by DeManzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.